like the wind can guide a ship and clear the skies for voyagers to sail out, glide into the open seas. Do you believe that God can guide you? Amen. Come on. Do you believe that God can blow away with his breath the fog and confusion of this life in the 21st century? Come on. Y'all believe that? See, come on. I believe he can clear the skies. I believe that he can blow the circumstances that are thundering all around us and clear a path. I believe he can make a way. I believe that he can, he can calm the seas and that we can move into a time of what the Bible calls refreshing or revival. Both of those are the same words. And as your pastor, it is something that I absolutely long for you. For decades, every day, I pray it over you and for us that God would, that God would fill you with his breath, with revival, with an incredible purpose, that you would walk under an open heaven. I have that in just the, the first, just the hieroglyphics in my journal. You'll see it every day, that we will experience fresh wind, and that, that is what revival really is. I believe it's the will of God for each of us. I believe that's how God wants us to walk. I believe it's the New Testament. The, the, the one single problem is that, that there is a spiritual war raging within every one of us to cloud our horizon and confuse our way. And in the clouds, it's easy to get turned around and not know which way you're going and not fully understand and sort of get used to that. Because the enemy knows what the fresh wind of God in your sails would be to the kingdom of hell. It would be devastation to the kingdom of darkness. See, the devil wants your sails to hang loose and no wind and no purpose that you would feel stuck and just out there in the middle of the ocean, clueless. So how would we know if fresh wind filled our sails or filled this church? Because other people come here. We had a guest a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, and uh, Pastor Josh was talking to this person first time, and they said, I don't know why he's talking about revival. The church I just left, Faith Promise, you're in revival. And he said, hey, we want more. So come on, is that right? That's why it's hard to hang around here. Because I'm going to push you. Listen, I push drugs with 100%. I'm going to push Jesus at 200%. And we're not backing up. So how do we know if fresh wind has fell on ourselves? Let me give you a couple of biblical marks. Number one, people are going to be saved. You just watched about six people at the Pellissippi campus get baptized. There ought to be baptisms every service. People being saved. It's the will of God. God said, it is not my will that any perish, but all come to repentance. Number two, addicts will be released, Corey. People that are stuck are going to be delivered from substance and people that are trapped because Jesus said the anointing sets the captives free and proclaims release the captives and sets free those that are oppressed. Addicts, families are not going to be fragmented and ruined. They are going to be restored. Purpose is going to be kindled and the kingdom of God will be expanded and extended. We talked about that last week. If you missed last weekend, do me a favor, go back and listen to it because you desperately need it. We all do. And it was odd. We talked about last week, Second Chronicles 7, 14, 
because in the middle of one of the greatest moves of God in all the Bible, God gives a recipe for revival, which is shocking because God says, listen, I know it's great now, but you're going to forget about me. You're going to get worried about your crops and your families and your businesses, and you're going to forget about me, and then you're going to bow down to idols. And when you do, and you're captive, this is what I want you to do. If my people, which is called by my name, if, the biggest word in the Bible, if, are you with me? If my people, which means it's a choice, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, that's hard, will pray harder, will seek my face still harder, and turn from their wicked ways the hardest. Because like we talked about last week, we've got to where we enjoy dining on the things of the world, and we miss the things of God. Are you with me? We're entertained by wickedness today. And we've done it so long, we don't notice profanity. We don't notice God's name taken in vain. We don't notice the just, just sex everywhere in movies. Are y'all with me? And we now are entertained by that, and we've grieved the Spirit of God to the point that we've lost the breath of God. Now, if you're here this weekend and you're, you're a truth seeker, we're thrilled you're here. You're not sure about God, but you want to know. You're not sure about the church, and I don't blame you. You're not sure about faith, and that's cool. We're just thrilled you're with us because this is a safe place to ask questions. Because we're going we're gonna to give you the truth in love, but we're going to give you the truth. And we're not going to soft soak you. We're not going to give you hatters. We're going to give you all the truth. So if that's you, we're glad you're with us. Welcome all of our campuses. We're super excited you're with us. Live streaming, whether you're online, listening later, you could be a God behind bars. We're thrilled to have you men and women with us, all three campuses. Last weekend, I met a guy from Bledsoe, got out, came here. Incredible to see you. When you get out, come be a part. And tr- uh, Up in Bristol, man, all over Faith Promise, we love you. We're glad you're here. We have set ourselves in this month in full search for the root, for the fresh wind of God. We call it revival. The Bible calls it refreshing. The Bible calls it renewal. And for ourselves in this real love movement, we call Faith Promise. We're asking for the same wind to be poured out on us that was poured out in the book of Acts. Amen? God hadn't changed. His name is not I was. His name is I am. In the book of Psalms, we find the psalmist, the poet, seeking the face of God when he said, would you not yourself revive us? So some of you need to be vived because you've never been saved, so you're going to be vived today. Others need to be revived. You were saved, but you lost the fire. Are you with me? So he said, would you not revive us again that we might experience times of refreshing or that we may rejoice in you? Not long after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, Pentecost came, Spirit of God imparted power onto this, that 120 believers, and they're doing incredible ministry. The church is exploding. And Peter and John are on their way to the temple, see a guy crippled, and they heal him. The people go berserk. They can't believe it. Revival's breaking out. People by the thousands begin to come around, just like they would today. And then Peter says, hey, hey, don't think we did this, by the way. Remember that Jesus you killed? He did this. Oh, yeah, he came out of the grave, too. And if you want the same power, you want revival, this is what you got to do, Acts 3, 19. Therefore, repent means turn away from your sin and return, return to God, so that your sins will be wiped away. You think we got some people this weekend need their sins wiped away? I know. I Listen, this is not a judgmental holder than thou. This is just truth. So don't think I'm, if I point at you, they've got three pointing right back at me. 
And so that, that your sins be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. We need a refreshing, a revival, a renewal, which means we've got to repent and return. We've got to pray, seek his face, humble ourselves. Are you with me? Come on, give him praise this weekend. Now, let me go back a little bit for some of you. You were in a student ministry years ago, felt called a ministry, felt called a mission on fire, excited. What happened? Where'd you go? You, what, what, the world got in the way, distracted. The world, we let the world, we let Satan take a water hose and put our fire out. In Jesus' name, may it never be. Are you with me? Because see, we can have the same kind of power that James and Peter, that John and Peter walked in. Well, how's that possible? How we, can we do it? Well, we see it a chapter later, because after the guy's healed and they preach the gospel, the next chapter, the, the Pharisees arrest them, bring them in, and they're, they're throwing down on them. They said, we could, tell, we could tell they'd been with Jesus. Come on, can people tell you've been with Jesus? The Bible says, we could tell they'd been with Jesus. And they said, we command you never to speak in the name of Jesus. They said, not happening. Live long and prosper, not happening. We cannot help but speak with which we've seen and heard. And so they go, they gather in a prayer meeting in Acts 4.31, and the place where they had prayed was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness, a new infilling, a new freshing, a new revival, a new fullness of the Spirit. You say, but that's 2,000 years ago. It is, but it is still the same for today. Our sails can be filled. I love what Leonard Ravenhill said in his incredible book on revival. The only reason we don't have revival is because we're willing to live without it. I am not willing in the name of Jesus to go on without a move of God. Are you with me? You say, but look at all, this God, all God has done. I got it. It's incredible. I'm so grateful for every soul. But listen, in, this day, in the 21st century, we need the power of God like we never have before. If we're going to win the loss, we're going to continue to see people baptized and saved and delivered. We need what God can do. Why would we live a below-deck kind of life when we can live with a view? Years ago, we took our kids on cruise every year because it was the cheapest way to vacation. And I would get them the internal rooms in the middle of the ship. They were like little caves. But Michelle and I got a, we got a room with a balcony because I want a room with a view. But they wanted a balcony, they could pay the extra money. Are you with me? Michelle was mad, but that's all right. Her little babies deserve the best. No, no, they're on board. (laughs) They want to upgrade. We paid. And so listen, Jesus bought you a room with a view. You're not supposed to be in the bottom of the ship hanging out, waiting until he comes, comes get us. You're supposed to walk under an open heaven. And so last week we talked about the ruach, which is the Hebrew word translated breath of God or revival. Now faith promises a love movement, the love of God movement, and a real love movement requires a ruach momentum. If we're going to see God move like he's moved and we want to keep pressing on. So let me ask you a question. If you're listening, say I am. What's filling your sails? Is it trophies that tarnish and end up stacked up in the attic somewhere? Is it money that never lasts that doesn't bring happiness? Is it success? Talk about a fleeting marker. It changes every day. See, temporal winds are temporary winds, and we need an eternal wind, the Ruach, the breath of God that fills us every day. 
And it is in God's presence, it's in the word, it's in prayer, it's in corporate worship that the wind of God has breathed on us. See, revival is a refreshing wind in a desert land. Revival is when you are being choked by this culture. Revival brings refreshing. The Ruach fills our sails, fills our hearts. That's what Jesus died to buy for us, to purchase. I believe revival is the ultimate journey of faith. It's incredible. When Michelle and I, I was in seminary, we moved to Memphis, and we were to church, Briarcrest Baptist Church. And uh, the first two years, I started, was working construction, go to school all day, work all evening, and and then sleep a few hours. That's where Mike and Zach were born. I'm not sure how that happened, but they were. There was no time. It was, and the third year, the pastor of the church we were at asked me to go on staff to evangelism and student ministry. And I said yes, and, and the church had just experienced a hellacious, horrific split. It was, it was, it was awful. And so uh, one Sunday morning, a few weeks after Michelle and I are begging God for the fire, we're begging God for revival, Three guys show up to church. The pastor said, hey, Chris, you need to go see those guys. God's working there. See, we see where God's working, and we join in. So I called them, went to visitation to see them. I found out they'd been smoking dope all night, Saturday, reading the book of Revelation, and got scared and came to church. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Now, let me hold up, hold up. I'm not saying weed and the word works well together. Do not hear your pastor say, catch a buzz, get in the Bible. That is not what I said. Are you with me? I don't care that it's legal. Okay, come on. Y'all, so don't, don't. So I go, I go, they tell me, I I laugh like y'all did. And two of them got saved. One of them repents. They come to church. They say, hey, if you'll come back to our house Tuesday night, we'll have some more people. I go, there are 25 high school students. I could barely see anybody. There's so much smoke in the room. It looked like a pool hall. All 25 high schoolers gave their hearts to Jesus. They said, come back next week. 25 more gave their hearts to Jesus. Came back the next week. 25 more gave their hearts to Jesus. Revival is breaking out. These, these, these students have never been in church. Your mom and dad are mega heathens. I go, the fourth week, lead a bunch more, and they said, hey, let's go for a party in the backyard. They had dug a grave, and the tombstone had the name Satan and died that day. Brand new believers. And so they have what's called an Ephesians bonfire. In the book, in the book of Acts, it talks about the church of Ephesus, that a bunch of people got saved. They'd been, they'd been Satan worshipers. They'd been occult followers. They bring all their occultic material worth 50,000 pieces of silver. So I go out in the backyard, they're dumping weed, they're dumping pills, they're dumping porn, they're pouring all their stuff in, and we have a bonfire, only to find out the next week that the parents were furious that they burned their drugs and didn't give it to them. This is kind of, this is who I'm talking about. Are you with me? Man, there are many of those students that are still in ministry now, 30 years later. God broke out in revival. Listen, I want the glory of God in the house. See, we are faith promise. We are people of faith standing on the promises. Do we believe the promises of God? Then he said, repent, return, time's refreshing. Will not you revive us again, O Lord? What do we do? We humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. Then he's going to show up. It's incredible what revival has done in the times of history across the world. England was about to fall into a civil war. France had just 
had just had a civil war. England was about to, and revival breaks out with the Salvation Army and, and William Booth, and, the, and then it stopped. America, we think America is just incredible because we're great. Let me tell you, there were two great awakenings in this land, the first and second great awakening with Jonathan Edwards and the, second, the prayer movement of Jeremiah Lamphere. <clears throat> the reason the favor of God is on America is because of a revival, not because we're better than anybody else. Matter of fact, today we're not exporting a revival. Today we export alcohol. I travel the world, and when they say, when they say where are you from, Tennessee, first question, do you live near Jack Daniels? Because that's what we in Tennessee are known for, exporting whiskey. See, we're, we export our sin. Now, we don't export revival and missionaries. It's about exporting sin. And let me tell you, we're still living off the residual favor of God. We need it again. Why? Hey, why not the third great awakening start at Faith Promise Church? It's got to start somewhere, doesn't it? Doesn't it? So come on, it's, it's incredulous to me that saints read history without realizing the hand of God in history because history is his story. And we see it. In Welsh, revival broke out, wicked culture. The ju- there was so, such a move of God, the judges <clears throat> had no, course, no court cases to try. They would wear white gloves and say, I'm off today. There are no cases. How about looking at Knox County Jail being, and Knox County court system being empty? Because the power of God fell. I'm talking about a move of God. It's, it's incredible. How many times, how many times Israel was not destroyed because revival broke out? See, it's the favor of God, Psalms 90, Psalms 90 verse 17, our theme verse for the year. About, about the, favor, the favor of the Lord being on us and confirming the work of our hands. See, in revival, we join the favor of God, the force of God already at work. We're going to talk about Nineveh in a couple of weeks. Guess what? Nineveh, about the size of, of, the, of city, the Knoxville city limits, same size, within 5,000 people. God said, I'm going to destroy everybody. Jonah goes, preaches, didn't want to do it. They repent. The, the whole, that whole city is saved because of revival. Revival brings, revival holds back the wrath of God because it brings back holiness. See, in revival, we are more aware of our sin. We're no longer dining on the wickedness of the world. We are aware. Are you with me? We're aware. We begin to look at what we feed on. It's, it's, so if, if, you're, if you're not a believer, some of this may sound a little weird. In a minute, we got great news for you because you can be set free. But if you're a believer, you're supposed to already be set free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is there, there is liberty. Are you with me? He who the Son sets free is free indeed. But let's be raw and real. We're not, not, not all of us are free, are we? Come on. How many of us are struggling with sexual immorality? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, know how to possess your vessel in holiness and honor. And yet we live in a sex-soaked society, don't we? It's everywhere, gratuitous sex. You can't even watch just a primetime television. It's not about sex. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Are you struggling? Because you can be set free. How about, how about porn? Students and, and even kids in Jesus' name, don't start. Because see, porn gives you a, an injection of dopamine. There's a buzz you get with porn. But, but porn is like, is, is like drugs. It takes more and more to get, get high. Are you with me? 
and it makes you darker and darker. The sin gets more and more insidious in porn. And listen to me, it will ruin your sex life. When you get married that God intended to be great, you'll ruin it because you're taking all that crap to bed. The reason you need to be pure before you get married is because you've taken all those previous lovers into the marriage bed. And the Bible says, let the marriage bed be not defiled. Is anybody with me? See, we struggle. How many, come on, come on, I'm serious. Well, yeah, pastor, the students ought to be pure, but I'm 40 and been married. I've had sex, so it's okay for me. What drug are you smoking that you're going to take the Holy Spirit into a bed of fornication and believe you're not going to grieve him? Do you want sin or do you want the Savior more? Listen, I love you in all my heart, but come on, guys. Can we be raw and real? Come on, how many of you give it in a greed? You're not enjoying the generosity of your journey. You're not tithing. Why? I don't know why. I can't even imagine why, but you're not. How about living in anger or fear or frustration or bitterness when God wants you to live in holiness? How many are living in deception? They're living in the clouds telling themselves and others lies because that's where the enemy wants us. How many of us are spewing negative venom about ourselves and our family, cursing ourselves? Bible says, can salt and fresh water come out of the spring, same spring? No. How many of us, come on, are you okay? Y'all look like y'all been shot. Are you okay? Okay. I, I hope conviction at the level you never experienced is falling right now. Because without that, we're not going to have revival. And then you got to decide how you're going to respond to it, repent and return. Acts, I mean, in Romans 8, 8, those that walk in the flesh cannot please God. You got to walk in the spirit to please God, not the flesh. Revival increases the fear of God because holiness is elevated. Isaiah said, we should walk a highway of holiness. Jeremiah said, you don't even know how to blush anymore. That's how comfortable we've gotten with sin. See, religion is walking in the flesh and trying to please God. It's impossible. It does not work. Are you with me? So how much of your faith has gone fishing? Are you just counting down days till Jesus comes back? Are you with me? Man, we need to walk in the power of the Ruach. Uh, I, we, Michelle and I had dinner with Chuck and Emily Carringer. And they would say, hey, we want to take you out and celebrate 25 years of ministry. So we went out. They'd been in New Orleans. I said, gee, you need good food? Because if you go to New Orleans, the only real thing to do is eat. All the way across the city, incredible food. And they said, yeah, but let me tell you what our Uber driver said. Because we asked Uber driver, where can we go and not go? We're safe and not safe. This is what the Uber driver said. Stay in the light. Stay in the light, you'll be safe. Don't go to the dark. If you find yourself in the dark, run to the light. Some of us are in the dark, and we are children of light. Get out of the dark and run to the light in Jesus' name. Run to the light. See, in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, they didn't make fun of Christians. They were afraid of believers. Why? Because they, they had power. They experienced miracles. They walked in boldness. They exposed the works of the enemy, which Ephesians tells us exposed the work of the devil. The problem in the church in America in the 21st century, we are afraid to confront sin because people will leave. So we give half-truths and partial gospels. Are you with me? 
because we are afraid. Well, if we tell the real truth, people will leave, and so we soft-soak it, and people end up living a substandard life to the Word of God because we're afraid. The Bible says in the last days, they will heap up teachers that will tickle their ears, telling them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. There's a reason in the Old Testament they killed the prophets. In the New Testament, 11 of the 12 apostles, they killed the believers. They killed because the darkness hates the light because its deeds are evil. We still need to be light and not be afraid. Run to the light. Share the light. It's safe in the light. God, we don't want to miss what you have. In the name of Jesus, Father, bring about Holy Ghost, heaven sent conviction. Those of us that are walking, God, me too, search me and know me and try my heart. See if there be any hurtful way in me. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God, would you bring about conviction of that which is grieving you, that which is hindering your breath? God, would you, would you expose us? Would you reveal it to every one of us that we could return and repent, that we could turn from our wicked ways, that you would again revive us, O oh Lord, one more time. Holy Spirit of God, fall. God, we don't want church as usual. We don't want partial truth. We want all of you. So God, show up and show out as our prayer in Jesus' name and all God's people said. So come on, number one, are you saved? Is Jesus the captain of your ship, the Lord of this vessel? Or for believers, has there ever been a time in your life when you were more fired up, more in love with God than you are today? Repent and return. And set yourself for the abundant life Jesus bought. Don't drift through this life. Man, repent and return. Elijah prayed the fire down, and God made a fire out of wet wood and revived Israel. We got some wet wood this weekend, soaked by the society. Come on, let's be real. But God can light a, light a fire with wet wood, and that's what he wants to do in your heart. He wants to ignite it. What do I do? Humble myself, pray, seek his face, turn from my wicked ways. Campus pastors, we love you guys so much. God is ready to unleash heaven. The question is, will we repent and return? Oh, God, let it be so. Campus pastors, you're a gift from heaven. Take it over.